It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into a very special Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things about Texas A&M, and today, what would it look like if the SEC had to play only SEC schools? Not only would we be able to see possibly the greatest conference in college football go head-to-head against each other in a 13-game spit-swapping showdown, but at the same time, it could be a possibility. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this show better, reach out to me at Mr. Cole Thompson. I love to take your advice. We're on three to five days a week trying to get the best content out. And because of your help, we're able to support and have better quality podcasts. And number two, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content. So give us a follow there. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Like us on Spotify. And if you can't do any of that, at least give us a listen on LockedOnPodcast.com. So yesterday or on the earlier podcast this week, I said some things about the upcoming season. Texas A&M and Commissioner Greg Sankey recently came out with some quotes saying, This is what they believe was going to happen with the coronavirus moving forward as COVID-19 still is in its mild effects. There still is caution for concern and with Harvard and the Ivy League stepping out of fall activities. I said that there could be a possibility for a team or a conference to make a similar move. In fact, this is exactly what I said on the podcast earlier this week. I think the biggest thing that's going to decide what these power five conferences do because at the end of the day here's the deal you look at the new year six bowls the power five conferences are represented in one non-conference game whether that be the mac whether that be the aac whether that be you know even the big east whether it be the mountain west with boise state one team is represented in that list everyone else they're out you're playing for the camilla bowl you're playing for the dollar general bowl You're playing for the New Orleans Bowl. That's your big game. Everyone else is playing for those New Year's Six college football playoffs. The second you see the Pac-12 or the Big 12, one of those two, because those are the two I think are going to be the first to make the announcement. When you see one of them say, we are suspending football for the 2020 season until January or until this date, I think you will start to see a domino effect of other schools following in the same footsteps. Well, I was kind of right. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't 100% on the mark, but we are at least seeing some type of move with that. The Big Ten Conference announced earlier today that they will play only conference schedule opponents in all fall sports, including football. This should allow the league to participate in all athletic events in the face of the ongoing coronavirus uh, pandemic right now. As the first member of the bowl subdivision to take such a step, the Big Ten's moves could portend to similar changes across the highest level of college sports due to the continued uncertainty caused by COVID-19. We are facing uncertain and unprecedented times and the health, safety, and wellness of our student athletes, coaches, game officials, and other associated 
with our sports programs and the campus remains our number one priority. The conference said in a statement earlier today. Uh, attention now turns to the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC, and the SEC. And since this uh, article came out by USA Today that the news broke, that was originally broken by Nicole Arbach of The Athletic, so give her a lot of credit. The Pac-12 also has followed in suit. So the question is, right now the Big 12 is going to play about 8-9 to nine games. They're only going to play their conference opponents this upcoming season. They can regulate where they travel to. They can regulate who they face off against. The question goes now to the SEC. And according to, uh, you know, since this whole Harvard movement, uh, uh, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated talked to Commissioner Greg Sankey of the SEC uh, about what would be coming in the upcoming weeks, and this was what Sankey had to say. The Southeastern Conference will continue to meet regularly with our campus leaders in the coming weeks, guided by medical advisors to make the important decisions necessary to determine the best path forward related to the SEC fall sports. We recognize the challenges ahead and know the well-being of our student-athletes, coaches, staff, fans must remain on the forefront of those decisions. Deciding to move forward only comes after the report that the ACC is now leaning towards the movement as well. So now you have, of the five power conferences, three leaning towards this movement. All three are looking to only play in division. Now again, keep this in mind. Divisional games are only eight games. You have those other four games that you get to play whoever you want. So in my opinion, let's just see if the SEC could play all 13 games. Literally, it's a round-robin tournament. One thing that Nick Saban at Alabama has said multiple times is if he could schedule to play the toughest teams or every team in the SEC, he would do it out of playing these non-conference opponents. This is the opportunity to do it. This is the opportunity to see if the SEC really is fair. Yeah, of course, you're going to see, of course, the Vanderbilts and the Arkansas probably go 2-10. Uh, maybe even 1-11. maybe 0-12 is a very strong possibility. But you're going to see if Alabama can go 12-0 in their own division or 13-0 in their own division. Or if Georgia is really a 7-5 team because of all five losses come to the SEC West schools. What if Auburn is actually a 10-2 team this year? What if A&M, because this is who we are locked on Aggies, instead of being a 10-2 team at the start of the year, what if instead they are another 7-5 team? How does this affect Jimbo Fisher, who's trying to win in the SEC? But more importantly... And this is the biggest question of all. How do you set a president's schedule with these coaches? How do you make it fair so that way you get a 12-game season in play or a 13-game season in play and allow every single team to face off against each other? So that's what today's episode is going to be all about. We're going to be looking at how a 13-game SEC schedule would go for Texas A&M in 2020, if that was the case. Now, again, there is a model that is coming out for a 10-game season for teams in Power 5 conferences. According to a report uh, done by, I think it was Nicole Arbach of The uh, Athletic, there is a chance that there is a 10-game module this season. So two games would be added on 
to the regular season schedule for the SEC East and the SEC West. So instead of playing just your two teams from the SEC East or the SEC West, you play four this year. On top of all of that, you would also get two extra buys in the process. So for A&M, that's actually not a good thing because if they have one, two, three, and six are their open weekends, including week nine, where is their buy? So they'd automatically have a buy in week nine, and then they'd either have a buy in week one or week two, and then a buy again in either week three or week six. That's not what you really want when you're doing your scheduling. You kind of want to have one towards the end of the season. So this actually could play against AM's favor in what seemed at the start of the year to be in their favor. You know what's always in your favor? Reliably low prices. And when it comes to changing a car part, it's not always the cheapest bet. That's why I like to use rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that has been serving people for over the past 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules to brake pads to tail lamps. Heck, they even have tailgates. Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints actually had his tailgate stolen off the back of his truck, went onto their catalog, and was able to find the exact same model for an affordable price. Rockauto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Just choose the brand, specification, and prefer the price you want to pay. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available on your car or truck with writing in locked on on the how'd you hear about us page so they know we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need for your car. Rock Auto is the place to be. We're talking about what would happen if Texas A&M had to play in all SEC schedule. Don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking down the games in just a quick moment. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams on a daily basis? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and of course, fantasy sports For your live listening view, you can hear us Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to us on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, at least give us a follow at LockedOnPodcast.com today. So what would happen if the SEC had to go to a regular 12-game schedule, but it was all only SEC teams? Well, for Texas A&M, they would have to replace weeks 1, 2, 3, and 6 on their schedule, or at least try to move their bye week up. That would be the case as those are the five open weekends after we take out Abilene Christian, North Texas, Colorado, and Fresno State in weeks one, two, three, and six. So let's break down what A&M schedule could look like according to the new module. Now what we're going to do with this is we're going to break down the games that could happen and then I'm going to predict their new 10 game module how this would work out perfectly. So, in week one, when the Aggies were supposed to be taking on the likes of Abilene Christian, instead, the matchups that they could go up against would be Kentucky, would be Missouri, would be Tennessee, would be Florida, and would be Georgia. Kentucky would be facing off on a Thursday night against Eastern Michigan before Missouri would be taking on Central Arkansas later that afternoon. Tennessee would play host to Charlotte at Neyland Stadium, and then you'd have the likes of Eastern Washington traveling down to the Swamp at Florida. You would then have to wait until, I believe it was Monday, for the last game as Georgia, I'm pretty positive, faces off against Virginia 
down in Atlanta. So there's a couple of sad moments on this list because, of, of course, you're not going to be able to see the likes of USC take on Alabama down in Arlington or Ole Miss face off against Baylor at NRG Stadium. But those would be the matchups. You also can't have Mississippi State, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Auburn, or Ole Miss face off against A&M because they're already on the schedule. So, unfortunately, South Carolina against Coast Carolina wouldn't work out. Mercer versus Vanderbilt would be out. Nevada versus Arkansas, out the door. New Mexico at Mississippi State, Yios. Uh, USC at Alabama, see you later. UTSA at LSU, bye-bye. Ole Miss would not be going to play at NRG. And naturally, uh, I believe South Carolina would not be hosting Coastal Carolina. Or Auburn would not be hosting Alcorn State. So those are the matchups that you look at. Uh, the one that I think is the most intriguing right now would be actually either the Georgia because of what you could do is it was a neutral location game. So AM would actually not owe anything to anyone. That would actually just be their first game because of a neutral site game would have to disappear. So you wouldn't have to worry about that one. Or I kind of like what I would see for maybe Tennessee. I think Tennessee would be a good matchup. They're a team that definitely needs to face off against a bigger opponent. And I think that this would be one that could put fans in the seats at either stadium. I definitely think that because the matchups are pretty even, this would be one that would lean towards AM actually hosting. As we move on to week two, this is a really simple matchup. There's two teams that you could actually see face off against each other. And that'd be Georgia, who would play host to uh, Eastern Tennessee State University, or it would be Tennessee. They'd be going on the road to face Big 12 opponent Oklahoma. There's a couple of other games that would really stink to miss. I really would be interested to see North Carolina and Mac Brown where Sam Howell takes on the like of Bo Nix and Auburn down in Atlanta. I think that game would be so much fun to watch. The Mississippi State-North Carolina State game would be amazing. Arkansas-Notre Dame, it's a snooze fest, but it's a better game. It's going to be on NBC. And then Tennessee-Oklahoma. This makes a ton of sense for Tennessee. Here's why. Much like the first game at a neutral site location, Tennessee would be the away team already. They'd be traveling to Norman, Oklahoma, which is only, I think, about an eight and a half hour drive from College Station. So you add the two together, it makes a little more sense. This is one where I think you can make a little more of a justification of why Tennessee in week two would be facing off against AM. One, they're an away team already. And number two, the locations are pretty similar. It's not Texas, but it's Oklahoma. It's in the Panhandle area. You just got to go a little further south central. If you go that much further, you're in College Station. I think it'd be fun. The game of the week that I really would want to see is Texas versus LSU. Could Texas get the comeback victory that we saw last year when Joe Burrow lit it up at DKR? That would be a really fun matchup to see. Week three was going to be a really fun game, in my opinion. It was going to be Colorado versus the Aggies. Uh, instead, you don't have as many. You have a few more, but you don't have as many matchups. Instead, Florida comes back on the list as they were supposed to be playing the likes of, if I'm not mistaken, uh, South Alabama. Yeah, and then Tennessee comes back on the list. They were playing hosts to Furman. And then Kentucky comes back on the list where they were supposed to be facing off against Kent State at home. The biggest problem with this one is all three of the games were at home and Colorado was coming to College Station. If this was 2021, this would be a prime location for 
A&M to face off against any of these teams because they would be on the road going towards Ferret Field and Boulder. Instead, they now have to, one of these teams would have to decide who's giving up a home game. And also, it might not really matter because there may not be fans in the stands. But when you have four teams at home, the game that I think would be the most interesting of them maybe would be Kent State, I mean, Kentucky versus A&M. For some reason, I think that one would be a lot of fun. I think Florida would be cool. Uh, Vanderbilt against Kansas State would be a really cool game, but unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Chris Kleiman is one of the more underrated coaches in the Big 12 and, more importantly, in college football. Other games that you would have seen that week, Georgia versus Alabama likely will still go on. Auburn at Ole Miss, Arkansas at Mississippi State. LSU versus Rice in Houston, that's a boring game. That's a, that's a blowout even with the roster that we have right now. So after that, you have one more game and then you have the bye week. So let's take a quick break and see what games we could see on those days. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify and give us a follow on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. So after week three, you would have the Arkansas game. Now that is one where the neutral site location will be moved. It will either go to Fayetteville or it will go to College Station for the first time since I think 2011, before the game was even played every single year. It would be the first time that it would not be played in Arlington, at least I know since the 2012 merger of the SEC schools. That That's an easy one. The next weekend, A&M travels to Mississippi State. Then you have week six. This is the Fresno State game. This is also a pretty big weekend because it's my birthday. I'm going to be 27. That is a really, really, really scary thought. They don't have much competition that weekend. They have two teams. They could go face Eastern Illinois, I mean Kentucky, who would play host to Eastern Illinois, or they could play Missouri, who would be traveling to face off against BYU. This is a very simple one. It would probably be Missouri. You look at the list ahead, and this is one of those times where, again, it makes sense because of one team is, an, is a bye team or an away team, and then the other team would have to unfortunately take a bye. So Kentucky would have to use their bye that week as one of their two, or they would have to go face off against another team. Now, when you look at the SEC West, who's available, they'd actually have to take a bye that week because they face off against Mississippi State later on in the year. So unless the schedule were to change again, Kentucky would actually have to use their, I think, second bye at the time for that weekend because they'd have no one else to play. But when you look in week nine, so say A&M was the team that had to take a bye that week, they don't have as many options either. In fact, they have two. And it was the two I just mentioned again, with it being Missouri and Kentucky. Here's why. Because of even though Alabama, Ole Miss, and LSU have buys that weekend, they already face them. And you can't really change the schedule either because when you look at the teams that are playing, South Carolina is playing Vanderbilt. Those are the two SEC East teams that A&M will face in 2020. It's the, um, it's the biggest cocktail party of the year down in Jacksonville as Florida takes on Georgia and Auburn plays Mississippi State. And Tennessee faces off against Arkansas. So... This is actually an okay by week right now. According to the list that we have in our hands right now as we're looking at the schedule without changing that much. Alright, so now that we know every schedule and every team and every opponent AM can face in 2020, 
why don't we break down our final picks? This is a lot tougher. I've done a ton of research. I've looked at every single team. I've looked at every single team that they can face, and I've changed some things up. So, unfortunately, I can't do a 10-game module because it would just be completely wrong. So, I'm going to keep it the same way it is right now with 12 games, but there are going to be some changes. So, in week one, A&M will face off against Kentucky. I think Kentucky... When you look at the matchup that they have, it was a Thursday night game. You can move it down to College Station, or they can go up to Kroger Field in Lexington. I think both of them make a ton of sense. I think when you look at Georgia's schedule, they were a close second on this list, but you'd have to jumble and change some things up. I'm not sure it would work out the way you would expect it to. So I think Kentucky Week 1 against A&M would be the matchup. I'm not sure where it would be played because both are home games, but keep in mind, There's only, I think, three out-of-neutral-site games against non-conference opponents, and only one is a team A&M hasn't faced, and that's Georgia. Week two, Texas A&M faces Tennessee at home. This is an easy one for me. When you look at the Volunteers, the Volunteers were going to Norman, Oklahoma, which is right around the same vicinity as Texas. It's a little bit further of a trip, but they were also the away team. It's an easier matchup, and when you break down who's available that weekend, there's not many teams that you're able to put Tennessee up against like you can against AM. So that would be the Tennessee matchup. I think that in week two, it would be AM and Tennessee at Kyle Field. Week three, it's Florida. Here's why it's Florida. You look at Florida's schedule. They'd have an open week in week one. They'd have an open week in week three, week eight, week 12, and week 13 because they close out the year facing off the likes of Florida State. And when you look at the week 13, the rivalry week kind of style, there's only four teams that face non-conference opponents. And what's crazier is all four teams rely in the SEC East. Georgia faces Georgia Tech. Kentucky faces Louisville. Uh, South Carolina faces Clemson, and of course, Florida faces Florida State. So you're going to have to change and jumble up the schedule there to make it work for those four teams, but you want to have to do it in the SEC West. This is the matchup when you look at the rest of the week. In week three buys for that week or open weekends, Vanderbilt, who Florida already plays in the regular season, Kentucky, who Florida already plays in the regular season, and then if I'm not mistaken... It's either LSU, who they play in the regular season, and then the A&M. So Kyle Trask versus Kellen Mond would have to be the Week 3 matchup, or A&M would have to take a bye. Week 4 would be against Arkansas, whether that be in Fayetteville, or that would be at home in Kyle Field. Week 5 would be against Mississippi State in Wade Davis Stadium in Starkville. Week 6 would now be the bye week. This is where the bye week comes in. You look at the matchups ahead, it's Missouri or Kentucky, both who are available on week nine, but there's other teams who won't be available that other weekend. So unfortunately, with the new schedule, A&M would have to move their bye weekend up by three weeks. Week seven would be at the Plains of Auburn. Week eight would be at Columbia, South Carolina, to face off against the Gamecocks. And week nine... Their original bye week would now be against Missouri. Missouri is going to have 
a weekend as well where they're a bye. This is a weekend that makes a ton of sense for them. And also, it doesn't conflict with their Week 13 rivalry with Arkansas. So they would be able to go either to Kyle Field or they'd be able to host at Farrett Field in Columbia, Missouri to where A&M would get that extra game. So now you just switch the bye week up and instead, Week 9 is now a game against the likes of Missouri. Week 10 would be at home against Ole Miss. Week 11 would be on the road against Vanderbilt. Week 12 would be on the road against Alabama. And week 13 would be against LSU. So one last time. Week 1 would be against Kentucky, more than likely at Kyle Field. Week 2 would be against Tennessee, more than likely at Kyle Field. Week 3 would be a toss-up, whether at Kentucky or, I mean, at Florida or at Kyle Field, but that would be against Florida. Week 4 would be, I would say, at Kyle Field against Arkansas. Week 5 would be at Wade Davis Stadium against Mississippi State. Week 6 would now be the bye. Week 7 would be at Auburn. Week 8 would be at South Carolina. Week 9 would now be either at home or on the road. I would say at home against Missouri. Week 10 would be at home against Ole Miss. Week 11 would be on the road against Vandy. Week 12 would be on the road against Alabama. And week 13 would be senior night at home against the likes of LSU. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to us here on follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. And make sure you stay up to date with all of our sister shows, including Locked on SEC, Locked on ACC, Locked on Big 10, Locked on Big 12, and Locked on Pac-12 for more information as we get a more prognosis style of concern and more stability when it comes to the college football schedule for 2020. We will see you next week, same time, same place here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And until then, kick them, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.